Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Cowgirls with Cameras podcast. I'm Kim with Kim Bear Photography and Be More Business. I'm Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And I'm Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Yay, we're all here. So we have to be honest this morning. This has been um, an interesting morning because we were We're not blaming anyone. We're we're fighting some technical issues. And by we, we mean Phyllis. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. We mean Phyllis. But I I do have... Go ahead. Technologically challenged. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's actually your equipment. I think it's that PC that you have. Because then look at this MacBook to the rescue. Well, Kara's on PC, and I've been on yeah. PC and never had issues. I always well. sound amazing. <laughs> I'm That's just because you, you sound just from our listeners. Just because you do sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Kara always, when we first started podcasting, like we would do these little recordings uh, to see how we were doing and how the sound was, and if we had more mic set up. And yep. she sounds like some midnight. Um, Operator. I sound like Delilah. Do you remember the old radio station, Delilah? It was like, love someone tonight, Delilah. That's who I sound like. I sound like the Delilah. So that's who, okay. So now now I know who you've patterned that after. I, I was going to say, sounds like you've been practicing anyway. I modeled yes. myself off of the old nighttime Delilah sh- love radio show. That's what I model my voice off of. I love that. I modeled my voice mm-hmm. out of it, however the hell I speak. <laughs> And I and Listen, I have no don't, model. Yeah, you don't have to be as dedicated as I am to everything. <laughs> no, I have other superpowers. I have other powers. I'm just glad to be able to speak somewhat clearly at times. <laughs> well, We're all grateful for that. <laughs> that southern accent definitely gets in the way of that on occasion. Just um, just ask her next time you see Phyllis, if you see her in person, ask her to say Arrowhead. Stop it. <laughs> that she's is gonna, she's gonna not smack funny. Me. I am. <laughs> the, the eyes are daggers right now. You better be careful. You're like the eyes are arrowheads. She's in Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's everybody been up to? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Hold on, what episode are we doing? Oh, okay. I had to find the right, the right sheet. What have I been up to this week? <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> well, Why don't you go you, first, Kara? <laughs> yeah. So we just got back from the Dryhead Ranch Retreat. 
That, I don't even think we oh, had a yeah. chance to talk about that because the last time we recorded, we were like leaving and then that episode went live while we were at Dryhead. So we haven't recorded since we went to Dryhead. So we had an awesome week at the Dryhead Ranch Retreat. You guys did an awesome job at that event. Everything was as magical as, as I am used to it being. I have also been in heavily um, booking fall portrait sessions. I don't know, this time of year, it's funny because I always start to be like, will I book fall portrait sessions? Like, are they going to come? You know, like you build it, will they come? And I always start to like have this, there's like two weeks where I sit here and I go, oh, I don't know, maybe I should offer mini sessions. I'm getting anxious. And then all of a sudden it's like the floodgates open and everyone is emailing, looking for photo shoots. So I've been booking fall portrait sessions like crazy and conducting creative consultations. And I'm doing them a little differently this year. I'm doing them in person, but I'm also doing some of them via Zoom and I don't normally do that. So I'm interested to see how that affects my sales process. And I have had a ton of art orders. So I ordered just this week, I ordered eight guild canvases for three different clients. I'm pretty excited about those knowing that they're out there being worked on and that they'll be coming in really soon. And gearing up for back to school, my son Easton, he's going into the fifth grade, his last year of elementary school. I am excited for him to go back to school, but I'm also kind of feeling a little sad that it's his last year of elementary before he goes into middle school. So we've been shopping for school supplies, took advantage of that tax-free cut we have here in Florida. We have a haircut scheduled. We've got Meet the Teacher coming up. So it's like... I don't know. It's still a billion degrees outside, but it feels like fall is coming because back to school is happening and fall portrait sessions are coming in. So that's it for me. What have you guys yeah. been up to? It's crazy because school started here this week too, even though I'm I'm not, you know, don't really have yeah. anybody directly involved. It's still- but you see the buses. It just seems so early though. It but does seem yeah. early. I mean, I just remember a million years ago when I was in school that seemed like we had more, a longer summer, but I guess nowadays the kids have- like during the school year, they have more time off too. So, yeah. Well, you guys probably had like a single schoolhouse system where <laughs> <laughs> Laura Ingalls Wilder <laughs> sat in class with you. <laughs> she was my best friend, Kara. Not Laura Ingalls Wilder. What is it, Laura Ingalls from the Wal- I know was what, it the Waltons? Yeah. Is that no, old? No, that's not the Waltons. That was the other one. Little House on the Prairie. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, I was thinking Little House on the Prairie. So it was probably you and Laura Ingalls. And that was a different, totally different time, Phyllis. <laughs> okay. I'm okay. <laughs> so, really, so you, so you went no to a rodeo, Phyllis? <laughs> so, anyway, so what have you been up to, Phyllis? Oh, okay. As Kara said, we just got home from the dry head. And, um,. <laughs> And as Kara said, it was a magical week. Yes. And we did do a fantastic job, didn't we, girls? Yes. Yes. You guys did a great job. We had a great group, too. A a really, we were blessed with another great group of photographers. And the ranch, as always, was entertaining and beautiful light. And just, we had some water this year to play in with the cows and the cowboys and cowgirls. So it was, it was a great week. And then Kara and I had the pleasure to go photograph the family. They went to the Cowley Rodeo on that Saturday after we were done at Dryhead, and we got the pleasure to go up there and watch uh, Matthew and, and the kids and everything, so, and the bronc riding and the 
I would it's not mutton busting, it's the steer steer riding. So anyway, that was fun. And then from there, I left and went to uh, West to the Grand Ranch and got to do some branding, not not branding as in branding cows, but marketing images for for horses for wholeness. Yeah, that that yeah for Eartha. <laughs> I for, I can't remember the name of her company for some reason, but anyway, it's at a really cool ranch. The ranch is beautiful, beautiful sunsets and sunrises there. It was a great time. So, but yeah, just been playing catch up here since we got back home. Editing newsletter, blog post, had a bunch of mentor sessions via Zoom. Uh, we still have openings for the Art of the Cowgirl Oklahoma Gathering in Pawhuska, Oklahoma this October. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one since it's going to be a brand new location for us. And I think, Kim, did you want to talk about our beginners workshop coming up? Yeah, so that's part of my update was Kara and I and Phyllis worked on the dates and I've been updating the website with the information for our beginners workshop. It's going to be in St. Augustine in April. It's the 19th through the 23rd, I believe. I should have had those dates in front of me. It's going to be so much fun. We've already got people filling the workshop. So if you're interested in this one, it's a good time to get in on it. And I'm going to tell you, this is the space if you have wanted to make equine photography or Western lifestyle photography either getting more serious about your hobby and your art or getting serious about wanting to build this out as a business. Both are very legitimate reasons to attend this workshop. And you just feel like maybe your camera skills could use a really good education, good brushing up, or you really want to learn about all of the diverse ways that you can pose horses, that you can work with horses and humans, that you can really understand what it takes to be a good and effective equine and Western lifestyle photographer. This workshop is for you. This is where we're going to break it down to the most basic stuff and we're going to build you up into some really good skill level during this particular workshop. There's going to be intensity focus on learning the exposure triangle, on really getting a good handle on your camera. So if you listen to this podcast, and you're like, darn, I wish I could go play with these girls, but I'm not sure that my camera skills are up to par or that I would feel comfortable in going to other workshops. This is your workshop. This is the perfect first workshop experience for people because it'll give you an opportunity to kind of learn how workshops work. So I really do recommend it. There's great information on our website. You can go, it's about the third or fourth one down on the events page. And make sure you go check it out and take a good look at it. As far as what I've been up to other than that, I got home from Dryhead and I did a really interesting thing at Dryhead, I do want to mention, because I don't know how much you guys paid attention to it, was I took reference photos for a story that I wrote ages ago and am going to be illustrating that over this late summer and fall. And I'm so excited about that. And I'm so thankful for Cassidy and her little mare, Carrie, because they really enacted what Asfa and Matamera, which are my characters' names, would experience in the story. And it was a lot of fun. And Cassidy and I had a good time reenacting some moments from the story. So I'm super excited. I've already started in on a couple of the drawings. 
and turning Carrie into Matamera and Cassidy into Aspa. So I'm super awesome. excited about that getting published and getting it out into the world. It's it's a long time. I've I've kind of sat on the story for a decade and I'm really ready to publish it. And this illustration is the last piece. Then I turned right around after I got home early. I didn't get to go to the rodeo. <laughs> I had to fly back home. And as soon as I got back home, within a couple of days, I left to go to Wisconsin for something called Hero's Journey Training. Um, It's Hero's Journey with Horses. It's with a very good client of mine at Indigo Trails Ranch in Verona, Wisconsin. And I got to do a photo shoot with a beautiful Oldenburg stallion that that ranch stands. And then the young lady who is doing the horse training there, which is the daughter of the owner, the owner is Stacy Bean. Her daughter, Caitlin Bean, is a beautiful dressage rider. And I'm so excited to see where this young woman goes and so excited to see like the photos from our shoot that I took. I haven't even had time to edit or really look through them yet. But she is an amazing little horsewoman, and I can't wait to see where she goes. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers, and I know she is too, that she's Olympic bound. I think 2028 is her goal. So it was fun to work with somebody. I switched from like the straight up Western to straight up dressage. So so it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting diversion in in a week. That sounds awesome. I'm kind of jealous because I just gave my rundown and I'm focusing on back to school and like boring home stuff. And you guys got to do a lot more travel than I did. (laughs) And it sounded like you had a good time and got awesome images. (laughs) I had a blast. I had a good time. Not (laughs) not to rub it, not to rub it in or anything, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) But you know what? None of us did in the last couple of weeks. You know what we didn't do? We didn't work for free. That's true. That's true. That's true. We did not work for free. Well, I think that's eh, kind of. The rodeo I did. <laughs> oh, did you maybe? <laughs> well, because <laughs> it was for the family. So. The rodeo was kind of like yeah. Well, there for are family. sometimes There are exceptions to, to the yes. rule, yes. There that's are. Right. But that's our topic for today, right? Is Yeah, working for free. Why you should or shouldn't work for free. This that's comes right. up a lot in a photographer's existence. There are lots of opportunities. And I, I do have to say, we've all been asked to work for exposure. And I I did ask my banker one time if I could pay with exposure for my mortgage, and he just said no. Yeah, that makes it tough. Imagine doesn't that. It? Yeah. <laughs> what a how rude. How rude. <laughs> I tried to explain to him that my picture was going to be on the cover of a local magazine, but he yeah. didn't care. That wasn't good for him. So that wasn't good for him. <laughs> well, I think this is one of those things that a lot of new photographers that it's a struggle because I mean new and old photographers, I think that there's a lot of feelings of maybe guilt or obligation that pop up. So when you get asked to work for free, and that can sound like a lot of different things, and I'll give some examples in a second, it can be one of those things where you have a hard time saying no. And I feel like you even need to take the time to kind of practice how you're going to say no sometimes. So working for free can sound like a lot of different things. It might sound like as a photographer, someone coming to you and saying, you know, I can't pay you to take pictures, but you'll get great exposure. Like Kim and Phyllis were just chatting about a second ago. I think we all hear that a lot. It's a great exposure opportunity. Might also sound like, I don't have a budget for the photography side of this project, which is always 
a tough one to hear. So maybe they budgeted for everything except for the photography. So they don't have a budget for it. It might sound like we're just getting started and we don't have any money yet for photography. It might sound like since we're friends, would you mind coming out and taking some pictures for us? And it might also sound like, well, there are lots of other people who would do this for free. Or the other photographer we contacted said that they would do this for free. What do you guys, have you guys heard any other examples or does that kind of cover the gamut of what you've heard? It's a really good opportunity for you. And it would really help me out because I can't afford to pay you. Like, oh, I have and I'm helping other people. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been guilt tripped into a free photography session with a business owner who's like, I'm starting this up and I'm bootstrapping and I don't have any money. And you know what my experience with that is? (laughs) Bad all the way around. They don't use the images. Well, the thing is, they have a budget for website. They have a budget for someone to build the website. They have a budget for product. They have a budget for a lot of other things. So this should be something that should be in the budget, right? Even if it's a small amount, they need to be taking that into consideration. So as photographers, we feel guilty about it. But one of the hardest things I struggled with personally was how do, how do I say no to working for free? And I think that's just a big thing. And the practice piece of that is always big for me. Like, how am I going to respond? And I need to practice the words coming out of my mouth so that when I get a request that sounds like this, that I know how I'm going to respond in advance. Phyllis, I do you want to jump in with why you shouldn't work for free? You're going to make me be the hardball here, right? Yes, and, do it. <laughs> and tell people why they shouldn't work for free. And not well, to we'll say cover, that- We'll cover both sides of it. Right, I know. <laughs> I, and, and not to say that I haven't worked for free during yeah. my career. I mean, I guess we, we've we all worked for free, obviously. But yeah. um, I think it's kind of interesting because years ago, there was a blog post by Chase Jarvis that really stuck with me, even to this day. And it basically said that if it doesn't give you two out of the three following things, then it's probably not worth shooting. And one is, does it pay you? Number two is, does it build contacts and or relationships? And number three is, does it grow your portfolio. So of course, when you're starting out for me, I was checking two of those. It grew contacts and relationships and it grew my portfolio, but it didn't always Mm -hmm. pay me. (laughs) So I know that starting out as a photographer takes, it takes a lot of time to figure out your rates. It's, it can be confusing at times, but it's also, I think really important to know that your skills and services are, are valuable and shouldn't always be offered for free. And Here's why. (laughs) Because we pay a lot of money for photography gear. Equipment, software are all expensive. You need to have pro gear to be considered a professional photographer. And as we all know, this is not only a huge investment initially, but it's an ongoing financial cost as we want to upgrade equipment. And I'm not just referring to camera and lighting equipment, but everything that goes along with it, like software, programs, subscriptions, accounting, business licenses, office expense, not to mention your insurance for gear, liability, indemnity. This investment means you need to charge a fair price for your services in order to recoup these expenses so you can stay in business. Your skill and time are just as valuable as any other regular job. If you're a hobbyist going to pro, you might find it hard to transition into charging fair and reasonable rates at the beginning and might be prone to offer your work for free at first. Just be mindful that your time and skill are valuable. You wouldn't work for an employer for free, right? I mean, you got to pay your mortgage. 
<laughs> or at least I do. I guess we all do. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Shooting for free is damaging to your industry. Our industry, meaning the photography business. Offering your skills and services for free is damaging to the entire photography industry. The industry that you're trying to enter is reliant on photographers being able to charge both fair and competitive rates for skills and services. When you offer these for free to potential clients, you're setting a precedent in the industry that's impossible for your colleagues to compete with. It can also set up unreasonable client expectations (laughs) that the skills and services of pro photographers are not particularly valuable and give them the idea that there will always be somebody willing to work without receiving payment for it, which honestly, there always will be somebody willing to work without being paid for it. And you have to realize that those people that are taking on those kind of Hiring those people, they're not really hiring them because they're not getting, they're not paying them for it, probably aren't your clients. They're not the kind of people that you want to work for anyway. Kara's going to cover different options about getting started out and some other ways that you can handle instead of not, not totally getting paid for it, just different things that you can that will cover your expenses. Alternative ways that you can uh, that's what I was trying to say. Compensation. Alternative ways, yes. <laughs> yes. See, that was that part where my where I wasn't able to talk thing went on right there. When, when you charge nothing, it's worth nothing. I mean, when you choose to not charge for your time and skills and services, your clients will not value the work the same way they would have if they had invested had a financial investment in it. I think this really extends to a important point about usage and right licensing rights as well. If the original images have never been paid for, then you're leaving yourself open to clients using your images free reign. You'll never have recourse to pursue any usage or licensing fees in the future. Also, and I think this is this is a really big one for me, I think, is when you don't charge for your services, you won't get referrals. (laughs) You won't have a community of support. You'd be surprised just how much work photographers get from other photographers who are too busy or not the right fit for that particular job. If you shoot for free, you won't get referrals from other photographers, period. Absolutely not. No professional photographer will refer work to another photographer who charges nothing. Photographers build community by having each other's backs and providing support to each other. This community is invaluable. And I cannot stress that enough. When you undercut other photographers or provide your services for free, you're creating distrust in your community. I think that any choice to shoot for free is is always at your sole discretion, but should never be expected. One thing you should always be considered if you do shoot for free or is to have a written agreement for these free or discounted mm-hmm. services, what the offer includes or excludes and what rights you're granting with the provision of the images. I think For me, in conclusion, charge something, even if it's a minimal fee or as Kara is going to point out, some other alternative ways to get paid. I think I know my future self would have thanked me. (laughs) So that's that's all I got, y'all. You made so many good points. The piece about like value being connected to people paying for things is so huge. I remember a time when I was doing model calls and I was in the early days and building my portfolio. And I held a set of model calls where I booked three or four people that was for portfolio building purposes. And they were, wasn't paying them for it. They weren't paying me. It was just, they were supposed to be where they were supposed to be when we did the shoot. And two out of the four people just 
forgot or didn't show up or didn't have their horse ready. It just wasn't something that they were invested in. So the next step that I took is I started charging models for model calls. It was a small fee. And if they went through the process, I even offered it back to them at the end, or they got to swing it into print credit towards That's pictures. That's an excellent idea. And I'll tell you the night and day difference between having them invested in the photo shoot, like suddenly because they had some money in the game made such a big difference. And it's a hundred percent true when Kim says to that, it's never worked out well for her when she's offered something for just free like that. And it's true. Like I've offered, um, nonprofits will contact me and like, would you be willing to offer a photo shoot for a raffle or for, and what I have started telling them is that I will just tell you that that's never been successful. Anytime I've ever done that, either the client never books or they book and then put it off or they just aren't prepared for the photo shoot. It just never goes well. So instead I offer something that's a, like a tangible product as opposed to like a photo shoot or something like that, because it really does, it really does speak to how much people value things that they pay for versus what they don't pay for. So just don't underestimate yourself and don't under underestimate your work. So there are some alternatives to working for free. Um, and this is why I say like, there's never very, very rarely you have to totally work for free. If you choose to do that, that's great. But I would suggest instead using alternative ways because then you get that investment piece from them. And if even if they're not exchanging dollars in hand, there are so many other ways that you can derive benefit from doing the work. So I have compiled a list of things that some of these I've done, some of these things you guys have done, and some of them are just some other ideas that photographers that can use as alternative compensation options that they can consider when they are approached to work for free. I would say first and foremost, you need to request payment. That needs to be the starting point. And even if you aren't comfortable saying, this is what I charge, if you haven't reached that phase yet, it's okay to say, well, what does your budget look like for this project? Or how much can you pay? Because having them invested in some way is better than no way. And I would even say that if you want to give them your fee and then offer alternatives to payment, you can do that as well. Like I always tell clients, even if they're not going to end up paying me a dollar amount, I let them know the value of what they're getting. So they know how much I typically charge for this service. And then I can also talk to them about payment plan options. So that just because they can't pay you right then, there might be ways that they can pay you down the line and that you can set something up to make that happen. So that would be my first thing. The second thing I would think about is commission that you can make on future sales. If your photography is being used maybe to promote a product or service, and it's one of those small businesses that came to you and they said, you know what, I just don't have a budget for this. I didn't put that in the budget. We didn't put photography in the budget for this new product. But your photography is still being used to promote a product or service and you're going to choose to take that job anyway. I would discuss the possibility of receiving a commission based on any sales generated from your images. So a great example of this is I work with a couple different artists for reference and one of them I've worked with for a really long time and I have shared images with her for reference and we made an agreement that I would be paid when she sells the artwork. And that has been really a great relationship that we built. So I'm being paid based on the commission and based on what she sells the piece for. So it's a really simple way that I was still able to derive some kind of value, some kind of 
payment from that relationship that we built. But I would say even with products, you could negotiate that for a while, you know, for a limited amount of time when you're using this image, I'd like to be paid a commission on what you sell. You can't pay me up front. That's fine. You pay me when you sell the product. I mean, that's an alternative way that I think you can request payment. There are a lot of other things that don't necessarily involve money, but are super valuable to you as a business owner. One of them is that you can simply request that they leave a testimonial for your photography business. That's a great place to start. And don't forget, you can do these things in relationship to one another. You can put together a package and say, I'm going to shoot for you, but these are the things that I need you to do for me. And one of those can be they can leave a testimonial for your business, which means that as the photographer, you really need to make sure that you're still out there working that experience as if you weren't working for free because you've got to still provide the experience. You can also encourage them to make a connection for you with their audience. So maybe you could speak at one of their events. You could have a vendor table at an event that's coming up. You could do a live together on social media. There's a lot of ways that they can connect you to their audience. So ask them to do a certain number of social media posts about your business, connecting you to their audience. That's the big thing is you're going to get in front of their audience. And if you can see value in working with them, for free, I put that in quotes, but getting in front of their audience, then that's that's like saying they're using exposure, but they're actually out there actively doing that. And you've made a plan on how that's going to happen. Can they list your photography business as an event or business sponsor? So uh, one example is I work for our local horse council and I shoot a few of their really small events. They're not money-making events for me. They're just events where I go and I network, but they list me as a sponsor on all of their materials and they put my information in their little packets. You can ask that they write a blog post about your business and about working with you as a photographer. That's a great way to get information out there, something that they can do and it requires time on their part and investment on their part. You can ask for dollar for dollar product and service trade. I have traded with farriers. I've traded with horse trainers. I've traded with my equine dentist. I have traded with lots of other people in the horse community in order to get services that I need. As a small business owner, we can do a dollar for dollar trade. So just keep that in mind. You can link to your photography business from their website. So you can ask them to put your website information on their website. You can ask them to volunteer their time to your business or assist you in a project. As photographers, we all need assistance sometimes and we all need models sometimes. So they might be willing to do something for you. I've had times where I've shot for a client and it was a situation where we agreed that I would shoot for them, but I'm also bringing along some horse tack that I need to photograph for a company and they're going to model that at the same time. So I'm going to put them to work basically for me and we're going to take care of their business and we're going to take care of mine at the same time. You can ask them to donate something to a charity in the name of your photography business. So you've got them out there doing just goodwill in the community with your name attached to it. So you can have them donate to, you know, a horse rescue or an animal rescue or a, some kind of nonprofit organization in your name. You can have them include your photography business information on all of their printed materials that they hand out to their clients. So if they do welcome bags, they hand out materials. If they're if it's at an event and you're working, you can include your information in that. Just make sure that they're sending your stuff out everywhere. 
you can ask them as part of the deal if they can bring you paying clients as part of the deal. A great example is I have a local barn that will contact me for updated website images. And part of our deal is that we set up photography days for her borders to be paying clients for me. So we she advertises it at her barn. I book those people. They go through my regular portrait. And if she gets a certain number, then I will shoot for her for free. I'm putting that in quotes. And then the last thing that I have here is, can you learn something that you can't learn anywhere else by doing this work? So maybe you're shooting something different that you've never shot before, and they're asking you to do that. Or you're going to use some new equipment that you haven't done before. So there are times when shooting for free is an option. But I think that when I say shooting for free, there's always an alternative that you should be looking to get. There's almost never a reason that you're shooting for 100% for free. You're always going to be looking for a way that they can pay you, even if it's not monetary exchange of money. What do you guys think about that list? It's a big one, but I think that it's pretty crazy when you really look at like, there are so many ways, so many alternatives that photographers just have to get creative sometimes. I think that's a great list, Kara. And even in if you're starting out, maybe do some kind of introductory rate, you know, or fee without it being, you know, I don't know, something that, you know, where you're just not giving it away, you know, but that's, a that's, I mean, you had a lot of great suggestions there. Some I didn't, I haven't even thought of. So that's awesome. I love the whole list. I really do. And I am such a big proponent for doing exactly the things on that list. If it's something where I can make a trade with somebody, I think it's amazing. It works out. It's a win-win for both of us. But it's very important, as both Phyllis and Kara have mentioned, that people do have to have skin in the game. I am a big proponent of that because I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's ever worked out well for me when I have shot for free without skin in the game. All of that said, there are times when working for free isn't necessarily a bad thing. So years ago, I did a year of photographing dogs at the Kansas City Pet Project shelter when they were becoming a no-kill shelter here in Kansas City. And I know it's dogs, not horses, but I photographed over a thousand dogs in a year and I did not take a single dime for that. But what it did is it got my foot in the door with some people who had some pull in some places in Kansas City that were available to help me further my career. And I was really aware of the fact that I was doing it for free. And in this case, it's one of the few times that that actually worked out well for me. I will also tell you this. There's another time that I found working for free or for a discount is incredibly effective. And that's when you can use your camera as a key to get other opportunities. Now, I'm going to caveat this with saying, I'm not just a straight up photographer. You all know that, right? You all know that I do other things. I do gestalt work. I do business consulting. There are a lot of things that I do. And back in the beginning of my career, I actually became a photographer because I was flustered as a graphic designer that I didn't have good photos. That was one of the biggest factors in me becoming a photographer. And I will tell you what I did was I attached the photography expense to my clients to the graphic design 
ticket. So they thought they were getting the photography for free, but they really weren't, which I guess is technically I was still getting paid for it, but they thought that they were getting it at no cost. But the other places to open key, use your camera as a key to open doors to places that you wouldn't get otherwise. And I cannot tell you how many times that I have done that. So one of the ways I did it was I went to the Western States Horse Expo back in 1999. (laughs) believe it or not. It was 99 or 2000. It was right. It was before 2001 because um, I remember the flight. So I know it was pre having to do all of the stuff to get on the airplane. I was out there for another client of mine and I took a bunch of photos of the event and I emailed them to the people that were running that event at the time, just a few, a selection. And they started using them in their printing. They started using it in their advertising. And the next thing I knew, I had an invitation and an all expense paid trip and a payment to come the next year and do all of the event photography for that event. And it opened up an entire income stream for me. So it was the key to me getting all of that work. So in that case, I mean, I did it for free. I volunteered it. They didn't even know it was possible, but it opened up a giant door for me that led to me working with clinicians, which led to me meeting the people that I needed to meet to start into doing photography retreats. And it really opened the door that led to where I am today. So there are times when you can take that opportunity and use it to leapfrog yourself into something bigger and better. That's my two cents. And I would just <laughs> I would just say that there are still there is still so much room there to negotiate other things because even working for a rescue they can put your information on their website with a link to your website. They can write a blog post about their experience with you coming out and photographing the shelter dogs. They can leave a testimonial. You know what I mean? Like there's so many opportunities there. So always as photographers, I think look for look for the ways that you can pad that a little bit so that you can you can just further, I don't know, further move yourself forward while also doing that good deed of working for free. Because I think there's just so many options out there that we forget about sometimes. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, is there anything else that you guys want to add? I think the big key here is that photographers working for free, like there are alternatives to that. And we would love to see you guys out there, you know, looking for ways that you can further grow your business, further build your portfolios, even if you're in the early, early days, but that you're still being creative about how you, how you work for free or don't work for free. Yeah. Is there anything else you guys want to add before we wrap it up today? That was a great episode. I'm good. I'm good. I think that covers it pretty well. All right. I would just, um, I wanted to just say then real quick, thank you guys for listening. We are hearing you guys. Thank you so much for those that have taken the time to send us a little message and let us know that you are enjoying the show and that you're getting something out of it. You can find us online. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook as Cowgirls with Cameras. Also check out our website. We are updating the events page pretty regularly right now because we're getting ready to update our events for 2024. So you're going to start seeing some new stuff pop up there. So we'd love to you have you guys hop over there. If you want the most up-to-date kind of where we stand with things, definitely be on Instagram following us online because we're updating that pretty regularly as well. So we'll see you guys hopefully at an event soon and we'll be shooting right along beside you sometime soon. Thank you for listening. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.